0: Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favourite Double Tappers. Oh,
1: hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you once again, along with my chums. I've got Mark
0: Afalalalalo.
2: Hello, lovers. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. Uh,
3: okay. Hi, Sean Priest, save me. That's really put me off. I, I wasn't keen on chums, but the lovers just made it all worse. You see, uh, uh, he made it worse, and that's fine.
1: That's okay. He did it's that. It's all on me. Mark. Yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. You yep. can blame him. Uh, we're going to be doing lots of that today on the episode, I promise you. I'm going to be talking right. lots about, um, well, basically uh, why our listeners hate Mark. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, also,. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, Apple launching the Mac on uh, the 24th of January, so Monday this week. 1984 was the launch date of the first Macintosh computer, but did it change the world? We're going to talk about that. Also, do iPhone users look down on Android users?
3: (gasps) Wow. Mm. What a great topic. Who brought that one up?
1: <laughs> well, this is a bit of a debate that seems wow. to be going on out there uh, between the blue bubbles and the green bubbles. We'll explain more on that. And also, what's an NFT? Well, the good news is Mark is going to tell us, aren't you, Mark? What? Thanks. You didn't wow. check the notes. This you didn't check the notes. Wonderful. It's going to be brilliant. And also, you can now live on a cruise ship. I'm going to tell you. <gasps> great. That. I cannot oh Awesome. Wait. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Uh, but before we get into all that, I want to get to an email from Greg in Pennsylvania. I love an email from Greg in Pennsylvania. And oftentimes- I'm sure you do. Oh, I do, because normally they come in and they're aimed at me. I've said something that's offended Greg or upset Greg. And he gets mm. in touch and he tells us, uh, you know, puts me right. Uh, but this time I can sit back with some popcorn and enjoy the email because this time it's aimed at Mark. Do you want me to read the email that's aimed at me? Oh, yes. Would you like to read the oh, email? I'd love la- like yeah. that you can read your own abuse. Yes. This is great.
2: Hello, Tappers. With Mark's repeated effusive adoration of such a controversial person, Elon Musk, <laughs> may I suggest that you listen to the most recent season of the podcast, The Last Archive, by historian and professor Jill Lepore. Perhaps then you could be more accurate, balanced, and circumspect in the future regards oh. Greg in Pennsylvania. Oh, wow! Oh. Number, oh. number one, Greg. <laughs> Stop using words on. that are more complicated for me. <laughs> these these uh, effusive. Um, I'm gonna have to get uh, circumspect. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming he's referring to when we were talking about um, the the various space companies and their and their various. I guess endeavors into the space community, and I, I went off on a little tangent about the fact that you know uh, Elon Musk is at least contributing to some kind of you know a space future, whereas Jeff Bezos and and uh, Sir Richard Branson are just kind of space tourists. I guess that's what he's referring to, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. I think so. Right, yeah, yeah, you're I I don't, constant I don't think gushing I, over did Elon. Did I did I did I gush of, at Elon like I yes. really? Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah.
1: I, I sensed gush. yes, I did sense some gushing going on. Mm, I got a tinge you know of gushiness.
2: What? Here's the thing guys is that um, <laughs> it's not that I uh, it's not that I' like Elon more than anybody else in the world. I just find that what his companies are doing brings more to society and brings more to our future than anybody else like he's using the money for something that I think is benefiting all of us. Whether it's pushing the envelope when it comes to electric vehicles, which I don't think would be in the situation that we're in today if it wasn't for Tesla, um, a company that also almost went bankrupt four or five years ago um, under hmm. under Elon's you know helm. So no gushing there. Um, and when it comes to SpaceX and Starlink, I think just it's just he's just pushing the envelope, but he doesn't have a qualm about it. You know, at the end of the day, the man himself. Listen, everybody has faults. Everybody's good at one thing and not at the other. I mean, he's, you know, admittedly on the spectrum, um, you know, having a child on the spectrum. I know that sometimes they speak their mouths when they shouldn't and they don't really think before they speak. And I think he has uh, some of that syndrome that happens quite often, especially when he's, you know, speaking in public. But I, I mean, I just like his accomplishments. I couldn't care less about the person. I don't really could, you know, if, if it was if it was, you know, Jeff Bezos who did the same thing or or Richard Branson, or Bob, or, you know, Bill Gates, or who knows, I think I would have the same, you know, in comparison, I'd have the same opinion of the person based on their accomplishments, so uh, I will go listen to The Last Archive, I did start listening to it, and I found the episode in which you were talking about, about Elon, and uh, listen, it's kind of like my wife and I really enjoyed and and, and loved the story of, of Hugh Hefner. We always find it entertaining to watch, and then we watch the most recent documentary on A&E, which gives you a completely different perspective of the person. And I guess at the end of the day, this comes down to perspective and also what you know about the person. So uh, uh I will definitely take that advice, and I will go listen to that, and uh, I will make sure that in the future I am not as gushy towards an individual over another. I, I don't, oh. don't think you need to be— Well done. No, it's well well a beautiful done. speech. It was beautiful. Well done. Um,
1: I will say though I I don't think you need to be too worried about it to be honest because at the end of the day
2: listen I'm not worried I love I love feedback like this yeah yeah I no, really no 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 but what
1: I mean is that I think that people are these days especially I find that society is going towards this purity test on everyone and putting this purity test on people where if they're not absolutely perfect at absolutely everything then we should you know just cancel them out of society altogether and. I'm not, I'm not for this. I really don't like this approach. Not everybody is perfect. Everybody has flaws, even me. I know it's shocking. But people have flaws. People have issues. Um, no one is perfect. And lots of people do things for lots of different reasons. Ultimately, companies are set up to make money. Some people think that's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that that's what companies are built for. It's how jobs are created and all the rest, right? Everyone's always looking for a nefarious reason for people doing well, things that's, these and days. That's, you
2: know, and that's and that's a thing. I think sometimes you have to, um, sometimes you have to, I, I guess, frame it accordingly so that you're. It, it's so dangerous these days, and I think we've all become a little bit scared of our own shadow a bit because we see how quickly. Society is to cancel people and to just kind of push them aside, um, without knowing all the facts. And I think in in ninety nine percent of the cases that we've done that to people, we don't know all the facts. We don't have all the point of views and perspectives, and we weren't there. We can't possibly judge. Um, I think there are great instances where people have been, you know, put on trial, and you know, adequately tried for the things they've done and been found guilty, you know, appropriately, but. You know it's like Bill Gates, you know, and when the when all this scandal was out about you know Microsoft and forcing browsers on people and really the company being punished for being innovative, really at the end of the day, yeah, like they were successful. Uh, Microsoft is an incredible success story. Apple is a great success story and and people hate success. People hate it. Ooh, they hate it and they harsh. look for no, but it's true. I think that I think that when people are successful, and if you look at this from a really high point of view, whether it's a successful company, whether it's a successful person, whether it's an influencer, you know, people hate the Kardashians because they're successful at what they do. And and they're very quick to judge them because they don't understand why they're successful. And I'm one of those people. I don't understand why they're successful. let's,
1: Let's be honest about it. The reason that they're upset about it is because they're not successful. The people well, people that and, and but this is this is where I'm going to this,
2: but this is where I'm this is where I'm kind of I'm I'm looking at this from. You know, when you look at again the the Microsoft example, the government went after this company the same way they're going after all tech companies today, trying to pick them apart, saying they're too big, they're gonna b- become monopolies. All because they did what they're supposed to do as American businesses. Mm-hmm. And not only American businesses, but every business anywhere. You you launch a business and you want to become successful. When you're a public company, you have shareholders to answer to. You want to make them money. That is your goal at the end of the day. It's to make those people money. And by doing so and being successful, you suddenly become a target because you're so successful. And I think that's wrong. We're trying to penalize these people. They're being taxed, you know, they're paying their tax, they're paying billions of dollars, they're following the rules. Where they're supposed to, yes, some skate them by have, oh, well, listen, so listen, the rules are rules, right? They're on paper. If I happen, you know, I sell a product overseas and I want to establish an office in Ireland because it saves me money in taxes, that's me taking advantage of the rules. Yes. You know, does that so, make it
3: right, though? Does that make it right does it, morally? It doesn't It doesn't matter. No, so why but why, morals but, don't matter. Is that what we're saying? No, it's not about morals. No, but it's I, don't think, oh. I don't think it is.
2: It is. I agree 100% <laughs> it's business. What, what what morals do you need? If I'm Here's the deal, okay? I'm a Canadian corporation. My company, Aflalo Communications, Inc. Okay, I could... Clang. Because of, you know, nine eighty percent of my business under this company name is actually not even... I have no clients in Canada except for, like, two. So legally, I could take my company, I could go to the United States, I could form it there and never pay tax on any of the business that I do in the States in Canada. Am I evading taxes by doing that? Yes. No, no, because no, legally, <laughs> no. legally, I'm not performing. None of that business is being performed in Canada. So actually, I'm giving Canada my taxes because I'm kind and I live here. I don't have to. So there are so many rules and the rules are in place, and there, there are, are ways to avoid the rules, there are ways to sidestep the rules. there's ways to you know, take advantage of the rules and leverage them, and I think it's just uh, it's just too many people are getting you know allowed to give their opinions too freely. Well, it, it, I find it very interesting
1: that you feel that way from where you sit, because, if I'm honest, I've often felt this a very British attitude. And, you know, to even get more local about it, a Scottish attitude. You know, a lot of people I know who left Scotland for the States or for Canada years ago cited this very reason that people don't like success. They didn't like you being successful. If you came from a working class background, you had to stay in that working class background your whole life. And if you dared get above your station, then expect trouble, expect pushback, expect people not to speak to you anymore. And it's really interesting to hear you say that as a Canadian, because I I guess Canada, the US to maybe a larger extent, I just don't see that attitude as much. But I'm seeing it more now. And it's because there are less people who have as much money in their pockets as they used to. That's a big part of this. And we're hearing that from people who've you know, lost their jobs or are working in lower paid jobs. And you can understand that position. But at the same time, do we really want to create an environment where we're capping CEOs' salaries, and we're saying that if you're a CEO, you can only earn so much because that's the appropriate level? And what is the appropriate level of salary? What is it? What? How much can you earn before it's too much? And this is what it comes down to. It comes down to the fact that everybody wants to be paid the same, Oof. and that doesn't work.
2: That, that just doesn't work in society. Well, that's the thing is everybody's you know. There's a difference in experience. There's different in age. Difference in I mean. There's so many factors that set people apart, yet the world doesn't want people to be set apart. Thanks unless for your email, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to regret sending that one. Thank but you, Greg. it's like no, really I, listen. Send emails like that, guys. Send emails like that. I want to know. Listen, we love to By all means, hold me accountable for you. what I say. I love it. Yeah,
1: and listen, it's, it's important we have these conversations. This is real stuff. This is what people are talking about. Uh, actually, on that point, our next topic is going to dive a little bit deeper into this, especially from the company aspect. Uh, and monopolies and all of that. So we'll get into that next here on Double Tap Canada.
0: This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at AMI.ca and have your say. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest.
1: Sure is. Uh, Here's a question for you. Do iPhone users look down on
2: Android users? I'm oh yeah. Stroking, I'm, stro- oh, I I'm stroking I'm <laughs> stroking my chin on that one,
1: but you've just dived right into the answer mark.
2: <laughs> oh, come on, absolutely. Give me a break. I mean, I remember before I was an iPhone user. This is by the way, this is my show this week. Oh, I see. Um, right, okay. Uh,
0: this well, before I was an Canada iPhone user. I mean,
2: though. before I was an iPhone user, I was a BlackBerry user. I think like most iPhone users, very few, I think very few Android users are actually iPhone users these days. Those who have converted probably ended up in the situation that I was, which I was traveling and I was playing with an iPhone just because I was, you know, like tech and stuff like that. And my BlackBerry died and I had no choice. I literally had no choice. It was either go out and buy another BlackBerry in the U.S. And it was a long time ago when it wasn't easy to just swap a SIM card or just use this iPhone that I had. And I said it forced me to get used to the on-screen keyboard and the navigation. And I never turned back. I never looked back. But I mean, I think everybody before they own an iPhone probably look at iPhone users and say, "Oh, Alita, <laughs> Come on, mm. you know." So I think when it comes to iPhone versus Android, there's there's going to be this, and I think it's just malicious fun. Really, at the end of the day, it's a way to <laughs> malicious, it's a fun. way to compare. It's a it's <laughs> a way to. Oh, I, you know, there was a point that iPhones were were more way more expensive, so the, the to have an iPhone you know, made you feel a little bit more important because you were able to afford it or, or get it subsidized by your carrier. Nowadays, I mean, this uh, the, the playing field is so level in terms of the pricing that it really comes down to personal preference. But totally. I mean, how many no, people? Have, no, I, no. You don't get iPhone? Come on. No, I disagree. I
3: uh, yes, I'm using an iPhone, right? But for mainstream, <laughs> no, listen, there's hardly any difference between them, right? who cares I don't think anyone cares the only reason we talk about them so much is I don't the think ex- they
2: really care Sean I, I don't yes. think they really care I think that it's really more just a, a fun let's let's poke at them because we can well let's poke at poke let's oh, let's those Android users to this let's and they've s- been doing it to iPhone users forever too you know there are so many how many features start an Android before they're polished and make it way make it its way to some kind of form on, on an iPhone and yes. vice versa come on. Well,
1: let's bring some context to this because the conversation that's been ongoing now for a few weeks, and we haven't really touched on it yet, and I thought we'd bring it up this week, is the discussion around what they're calling the blue bubbles versus the green bubbles. And what that means is iMessage, essentially, versus SMS uh, or MMS, arguably. And um, this is where you have iMessage on an iPhone uh, which you can use also with SMS and MMS, MMS, but it shows up differently on an iPhone. So if you're using iMessage, it comes up with a blue bubble. And if you're using SMS or MMS, then you get a green bubble. And that usually indicates you're dealing with someone who's on an Android phone or another type of phone. I mean, in fairness, it doesn't have to be an Android phone, but generally it will be someone on an Android phone. And there are people at Google who seem to be get a bit fed up with this. And they're saying that Apple are essentially bullying people. There's, there's there's even there's stats on this, there's studies that say, for example, you know when people meet someone, if they connect and they find, you know, they get the phone number of the other person, if they get the green bubble, they're immediately put off the person. You know, Tinder dates are you know refusing to meet people <laughs> because they've got you know Wouldn't green bubbles. F- Android find phones. out one
2: would it be funny if we find out one day that you know on an iPhone there's an algorithm that if the bubble turns green. It slowly pushes you away from that person, friendship wise.
1: Well, you, there is there's, there's something. It <laughs> isolates in this. you. There's something apparently. No, in this. There mean, isn't not, anything. No, in there this. is. There's stats no. in this. But the point is, I'm not saying I would do it. I, I don't think that. Although, there was for a while, I remember, a, <laughs> Although, bit, of, a bit of a joke around, Ugh, you know, it's the green bubble. That means they're on Android. And you just knew that person was on an Android. So maybe that's where it started from. But it's beginning to become a thing where, I mean, there were stats on this around the number of people in America who actually have an iPhone, young people especially. I think it was between 18 and 24, something like 70% of that age group in America had an iPhone versus any other type of phone. I mean, these things are very popular. And I know we know they're popular, but I think there was always a suggestion that, Android kind of led the charge. And that was perhaps because of cost, because of availability. I
2: think it it's does. because worldwide, 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 there are more Android handsets out there than there are iPhones. Yeah,
1: when you look outside the US, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean you, you look you at third world the... or you look at, well, anywhere, totally. frankly, outside of, of the West, then you're but probably doesn't this argument
2: more... go back to the BlackBerry Messenger days?
1: Uh, it, well, I think that, yeah. I must admit, because when I think back to having BBM, that was an exclusive as well. And a lot of people love BBM. I liked it. It was
2: really and simple. And that was I mean I mean that was probably more important of a thing for me switching to the iPhone. That was more of a significant move than the keyboard was to be mm. perfectly honest. I love the keyboard. I still I, mean, I still do love that. key actually I have a BlackBerry Classic in my hand right now. Um I love the keyboard. The feel of that it was just phenomenal and I'm you know it brings back memories. But it really was BlackBerry Messenger that, you know, this encrypted way to communicate very quickly to to like users, and because you know most companies issued devices to people, you knew that within your company you can you can BBM people. But I mean that slowly started to disappear as BlackBerry started to disappear, and I think that we've replaced that with iMessage.
1: And I think that's it? But, isn't it? If, if that was to happen now, because this is the thing we're talking about. This in the present, a day may well come. I doubt it, if I'm honest. But a day well may well come where you know iMessage will become less popular because something else has come along. I mean, God knows there's enough apps out there. There's lots of ways people can communicate. I mean, I think-
2: I don't, you know, I disagree with that. I don't think it's going to happen the same way because of how far we've come. I think because of all the different apps that are out there, the WhatsApps of the world, the signals of the world, and really WhatsApp, quite honestly, at the end of the day, unless um, unless Facebook really blunders in some way, shape, or form Mm. more than they really have, I think WhatsApp has more potential of replacing- that than anything else, because really, at the end of the day, I think, at least from my perspective, I like the fact that I know that it's completely encrypted, and no one could be eavesdropping, and it's secure, and it's a way of knowing that the message got there. Just yesterday, I was trying to call my aunt in France, who I know has an iPad, because her son bought her an iPad. I know she's not tech-savvy. This woman is 84 years old. I I wasn't sure if she knew how to even answer a FaceTime call. So the first thing I did... First thing I did was I texted. I texted, and I, I specifically sent an iMessage. And I figured if I get a delivery response, then I know that at least it's on. Mm. So it's going to ring if I try calling her. Yeah. And I got that delivery response, so I called her, and she answered. And uh, you know, I used the you know that that to my advantage to determine that someone was there. So I I think that there is. A case to be made about the the encrypted point-to-point messaging service in general, not necessarily iMessage. Apple is just you know like everything else. It comes back to the made it dumbly
1: easy. It comes back to the point we started at though, is that some people just don't like one company being in charge, and it's the same here. Now the problem is that whatever you do with this. I mean, whether you're an iMessage iMessage fan, iMessage, I would quite like to try that app actually, Ooh, I'm um, <laughs> but, but iMessage app um, versus you know the Android options of whatever you know they've decided to cook up this week uh, that you know basically ends up as SMS. Um, you know, somebody has to take charge. So you know, do you want Apple running the show on this, or do you want Google running the show on it, or do you want do you Facebook? Care? Well, do you care? I-, I do actually, because I think if it's Facebook, or should I say Meta. Then I'm I'm less inclined to uh, want to use it. If I'm
2: brutally okay. honest, let's fast mm. forward. Okay, let's re- sorry, let's rewind seven years. Okay, Cam- let's go before Cambridge Analytica, before all this controversy around Facebook. Would you have cared? Um. Well. I probably would have actually. I was never I've never no. really
1: been, I'll be honest. I, Facebook has always been a worry for me for a whole host of different reasons. Um as as most people know who listen to me and have listened to me for many years, they know I've been warning this. Sean just tells me I'm wrong constantly to you be are. worried about privacy and concerns. You use and,
3: WhatsApp so many times a day. Yeah, but you honestly I honestly mean, don't care.
1: But to be fair, I'm I'm sending messages that are inane nonsense usually. Yes. Uh, I'm. I would never <laughs> use it as a place to host my family pics or you know share pictures of my family or any of that stuff. And the same with Facebook. I'm just not. I don't use it that way. I don't like using it that way. No,
3: yeah, well, you don't have to. But I'm just saying, as messaging, you don't have no qualms. I think WhatsApp is probably the most convenient app to use. We use it all the time.
1: No, no, that's not my argument. My argument's not that it's a bad app. My argument is that who do you want? To, this isn't my argument. This is this is essentially the argument that is created by having this conversation. Who do yeah. you want to be in charge of your messaging?
3: Yeah, look, look, this is Google. That's the point. Just... That's,
1: if, this, if you're saying if people are saying that they're annoyed at Apple being in charge with iMessage and leading the charge with this, and you know, essentially making everyone feel small as a result of iPhone users having the superiority with iMessage, okay, what's the alternative? But whatever the alternative is, and this is an important caveat, whatever that alternative is, has to be run by a big company. So it's going to be Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon potentially. Someone's going to do it.
2: So, you know what? You this know, is going to decide lead us...
1: what's what's working here, right? What, <laughs> this what, is going to lead want? us
2: in the direction of of our next conversation about NFTs and crypto because mm. the way the world is going and the way that the internet is going is we actually won't need to rely on those companies because Web three, which is this next generation of the internet as we know it is all about point-to-point communication. It's not about relying on these big server infrastructures. It's all about that point-to-point encrypted communication uh, and using peer-to-peer to, to, as as they say out there, decentralize the internet. See, this is fascinating to me,
1: because I cannot get my head around how this would even work. I mean, I get the concept of it, because in my head, I'm just thinking of Napster, BitTorrent, you know, all those things, all those services that were around, I call them services, but you know, essentially they were peer-to-peer networks. Um, that comes to my mind. So how does all that fit? And how does that fit in with what already exists today? There are frameworks, there are companies. I mean, do we think that Facebook's just going to hand over to a bunch of you know, people with computers in their basement who've decided to run a Facebook equivalent? I highly doubt it. So how do you break away from what's in existence to create this new decentralized web?
2: There are things that I feel very comfortable talking about and speaking to. <laughs> and then there are the times when I know that I need to defer to an expert. And uh, much like we have done on our TV show, I think that when it comes to this conversation, I have to defer to an expert because I still have yet to properly wrap my head around mm-hmm. exactly how it's going to unfold. I think I've understood and I think I've I've grasped the concept and where things will be going and why they will be going. I understand the reason I understand the, the generalities of it, but the how and how it's all going to unfold, even though it's apparently unfolding as we speak Mm. that I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent on.
3: And it depends. I mean, you type in what is Web 3.0 on any search engine or Good on YouTube, <laughs> and you get a thousand different answers, you know, yeah, because and that's, it's, and that's... All, it's all different sectors of it and different um, different apps. So, yeah, nobody It's still up in the air yeah. but it is all about, as you say, decentralization is the keyword word here. It's no one company or no one company's server farm has all your data on it. It's just peer to peer.
2: And it's about ownership. It's about you yes. being able to, in the blockchain, stake your ownership of whatever your content is. Can I just opt out now? I mean, I think I've, I'm have i feeling at that point where my, my mom <laughs> No, you can't. Unfortunately, if you want to continue in this field for the next four to five years at least, Stephen, and I think you've got about that much in you. Uh, I then think think gonna, we're going to have to figure this one out. <laughs> I've got maybe one year left. In we're going to have to, to figure this one this. out, or we're going to have to hire
1: someone who yeah. has. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> idea. I strongly encourage that. Uh, okay, Luke, stick around. We've got lots more to talk about here in Double Tap Canada, and we'll get to that right after this.
0: Double Tap Canada will be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text one 971 1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show.
1: Yeah, let's get back to it. Sorry, it was uh, just perfect timing there. Just as we went to break, my uh, my door went because we had a delivery to be picked up. Uh, Microsoft very kindly sent me a Surface Pro 8 to play with. <gasps> Wasn't oh. that like four days ago? That was four days ago, and the uh, and I couldn't get into it. There was a problem with the password, so I, I got in touch with them. I said, "Look, I can't get in. Someone's obviously changed the password, on this. Could you let me know what it is? No problem, Stephen. We'll just send you a new one. So they've picked up the old one, and they're sending a new one.
2: I don't know why. I was where I, I you worried me there. I thought that like your review time was up. Like it was like your no, week well, was done. in the well. no. back.
1: Uh, so so what I have currently is I've got the Signature Pro keyboard with Slim Pen and No Surface Pro Eight. So so far, it's getting a very bad review. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can I recommend holding
2: off on the review until maybe you have the product, maybe until actually the, the actual product arrives? Yeah, crazy. I think until, you may be surprised. It's actually quite a good device when you have when you the actual it to processing an actual you it, machine. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. yeah be, you'll be surprised. You uh, Apple launched Macintosh on twenty
1: fourth of January nineteen eighty four. The question is, did it change the world? No. Nope. D- probably not, no. <laughs> not initially, anyway. Uh, did the Mac ever
3: change the world? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because the iPhone did, mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt. No. I'm being flippant. Of course it did. It, it From the, the Windows point of view, I mean, you know, the point and click and Windows. We wouldn't have Windows if it wasn't for Mac. The way we interact
2: Mac. with computers, I yeah. think, is, is how that was influenced. I don't know if it was the physical Mac itself that really made the difference, but I guess... One could argue that yes, because that's where that interface was debuted, right? But wait, no, that's not true. It debuted on the next computer, didn't it? It debuted on on Steve's, you know, Steve Jobs' yeah, next.
3: Yeah, but you could argue that wasn't really. I mean, that wasn't a was commercially available
2: at that point, right? No. Hmm. I I don't
1: know. I mean, I, my favorite computer was the Mac SE. That was the one I had um, way back when, and I loved that computer. I mean, I just, I just I had very little in terms of accessibility. Um, But, you know, thank God for a large text. That's all I can say at that point, because that's all I could really manage to see. But the screen was <laughs> tiny on it. Remember that tiny little screen? Uh, it was all no. in one with the
2: little floppy disk drive, oh. all in that little gray case or beige case. Um, that being said, like, if you look back at the Macintosh, like, are, are any of the Macintosh computers, other than, let's say, maybe that one, did it really, you know, have it? has it changed anything or set trends? I don't actually think so. No. You know, even design-wise, Laptops have always been, you know, this clamshell design, this, you know, screen attached to a keyboard, and there's some kind of trackpad, and there's stuff on on board. Nothing, you know, Apple never really pushed the envelope there. Maybe there's some patents, of course, that people no, are using no. in terms of airflow it's all, and.
3: It's all about the design, isn't it? That's where Apple changed the world. I mean, everyone copied the MacBook Air when that came out. It was all about the thin, uh, smart.
2: They copied. They beautiful. copied it. Yes. They copied it, and uh, you know, there were a lot of quick ripoffs. But then I think they bettered it. Like, when you look at things like the Dell XPS <gasps> 13, uh, oh, come on, they've done it. Wow. I mean, yeah. there, are, there are companies out there now that are pushing the envelope way more than Apple has in the past 10 years. I mean, uh, design-wise, I think Dell is high atop my list in terms of really pushing the envelope of thinness and bezel-less and... Function while keyless. still maintaining, you know, well, yeah. Well, it's while so still funny. maintaining, you know, camera quality and <laughs> speaker quality. And it's so funny you
1: say that because I think you're absolutely right. From a Dell perspective, it is all about style and they probably do win it on style. But for a lot of blind people, the function tends to mean that you tend to lean towards Lenovo. Um, Lenovo is a very popular company anyway, but certainly within the blind community because it still has a ton of ports. Still very business focused. Uh, we, you know, a lot of blind people don't necessarily care about how it looks. They care about how it functions. We're about substance over style, guys. We're great, and you know, for that reason, we tend to like machines that you know work and don't just look nice. is not it shiny? Uh, I don't care if it's shiny or not. That's why I was so desperate to get the MacBook <laughs> Pro because it's finally got things I can plug into it, and it's got a proper keyboard without a stupid touch bar on it that I'm never going to use. Um, you know, so, but no, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, when I think about Mac and I think about design, the one that always sticks in my mind was the one I had, which was the, I had the 20 inch version of it, which was the, remember the floating one? They had the, the flat screen and they had the circular base yes. and that little metal arm that came up and attached to the monitor. And it was such a gorgeous design. Nothing really rivaled that look. Um, but then I think that's- it's probably because desktop computers have never really been, that popular that the popular la- the popular computer in business and in the world is a laptop. So maybe that's why
2: it never really. Yeah, but that evolved too. Though when did I mean when did the laptop become super popular? Because when you know life I think about better, right. I mean honestly, yeah, that was probably it. processors were able to be small enough to be powerful. But they were super expensive. At what point did, were they? Did they ever like? I'm trying to think back and I can't. I can't think of a moment where laptops started to dominate.
3: It was price, wasn't it? It's when you started to get to these yeah. three
2: hundred dollar
3: Windows laptops, which weren't the size of a well, wardrobe. I think it
1: was when you started hearing the phrase "desktop replacement." I think that's when people started getting interested. That's what I did. I remember thinking, mm, yeah. "This is great, but it's not very powerful. It's not going to do anything." I was remember I remember the days when you could talk about buying a laptop, and it'd be like, "Yeah, but it's just not as powerful, is it?" I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't use a laptop as your everyday machine. Of course, nowadays that's all anybody uses. You know, there are some powerful desktops out there. I mean, I still think that the best, honestly, and I know I'm an Apple Mac head, so I will say this, but Ooh. the best computer out there to buy, if you want a desktop, is a Mac Mini. And if you really want the I'll best, get and listen, if you want the best experience of all, get one with an Intel processor. You can run Windows on it as well.
3: Yes, OK. Yes, yeah, like yeah, yeah, I see. You can argue that one.
1: You get two computers in
3: one. Yes, but uh, uh, OK. You, you hate, hate Intel Mac now. Yeah, I know, but that's not the point. The point is, if you wanted no, that, no, both, you can the, do it. You can
1: do it, but should you? Should someone well, buy an it, Intel Mac now? It's so so funny you asked that because I was reading an article the other day, and I was annoyed with the article. It was like, should you buy an Intel Mac today? No, no,
2: definitely God,
3: no. not. You
1: just but, told
2: people to. But wait, wait two years. I think that Apple's really going to drive Intel to the point of, of uh, extinction, being innovative again. Right. No, 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 <laughs> think, no, no, I think, no, I think, listen, it's one or the other, right? It's extinction yeah. or it's evolution. And I think that Intel's going to have to evolve.
1: Well, yeah, because There's the no pressure is coming from the PC manufacturers, right? I mean, and obviously Microsoft. The pressure must be coming from them to say, look, we've got to get the power in this. And it's not just about power, it's about efficiency, it's about heat. It's all these issues that happened with Intel, and you know, basically, any Mac would just turn into, you know, a, a fantastic way of making eggs, and a very expensive <laughs> way to make eggs uh, on the <laughs> lid of your MacBook. You know, running Intel—that was the problem. You know, I remember. Those, should, remember you... those ads years ago? The, uh, Mac had those ads that used to run, and they had. I always remember one in my head that was a, a firefighter hosing down a computer, and he said, oh, that one <laughs> runs Pentium." And this one, and this was a Power PC that Apple had created at the time.
3: Um, the same ad could run today. Yeah, and meanwhile, where do they go back to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's true. The Intel Macs, you know, the, the last generation, terrible. They went so slow because of the heat problems. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah the problems I'm having king. with my MacBook Pro, my 16-inch MacBook Pro. What is the update with in Intel? This? Uh, with the update, it started working out of nowhere. I couldn't. I couldn't. It turn on. It didn't turn on. It didn't charge. It didn't do anything. It was completely dead. I spoke to an Apple advisor. I got the box to return it. I had an appointment on the Friday to go into a Genius Bar. I'm like, let me bring it in locally first. And uh, I left it sitting on a table behind me. It was Friday morning. I was like, okay, I'm going into the Apple store this morning. Let's ha ha ha. Let's power hit power and see what happens. And it friggin' turns on. It has seventy percent battery. That's always the way when you take anything back to the store. Just starts working again. This
3: thing's rubbish. It doesn't work. And they just turn it on and say, there you go.
2: You're an idiot. And and they're like, why are you canceling your appointment? Because I'm going to come in and you're going to tell me nothing's wrong. (laughs) I've been here with a week and a half with no computer and you're going to tell me nothing's wrong. And I'm going to get upset and I'm going to storm out. And that's how we're going to end this conversation. So it's going to be a paperweight until my lease is up. (laughs) Yeah. It's such a shame though, isn't it? I mean, it's such a powerful machine. But you're still using the Mac Pro. I am. And you're still liking that. the Mac Pro a lot. I love it. Can, can I tell you a trick on my MacBook Pro that I learned that actually has extended? It's the only thing that I've ever done on that computer or any Mac that has categorically improved battery life like tenfold. And you're going to laugh at me and, and when you when yes. I tell you what it is. And that is removing Chrome. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. The moment I removed Chrome, that computer became usable and long-lasting. Yeah. So why is that? What is Chrome doing? No clue. Because when you look at the processes and everything that's being used, there's nothing that indicates that it should be that much of a drag on the computer. But it just is, even when it's not running.
1: See, I don't use it anymore. I use Edge, which, of course, is Chromium. But I use that and I use Safari. And that's it. And, and I'll be honest, since I've learned how to use Safari and not have you know the accessibility issues I was having... I've just stuck to Safari because the thing for me is, and again, it goes back to this point about, you know, Apple's dominance in that field. You know, you've got things like Keychain. Now, I know there's equivalents that work on edge, but, you know, Keychain just it just works so well. And if you want to make a call off a website, you just, you know, press a button and you're getting a call. and oh, Everything's just so easy.
3: Oh, you love Mac. Don't I'm, you right, you know, I'm right
1: into it right now. I mean, as, as, much, as much as I love the PC and I do, and I, you know, I have to be perfectly frank about this. It was the machine that got me back on my feet when I thought all was lost, when my sight was going e- even worse. I thought I'm going to lose the ability to do my job, and if I don't figure something out, I'm screwed. So I started to learn jaws, and thank God I did, because it got me back on track. And I think it, ultimately it helped me learn to be, you know, a bit more tolerant towards screen readers, and therefore be able to put up with what nonsense the Mac was throwing at me at the time. Um, now I feel far more confident with the Mac and you know I will say if anyone's using the Mac and not using the Numpad Commander with VoiceOver then you know you need to really reevaluate your life because it is well worth well worth harsh. doing harsh, harsh harsh words here but truth well, I only speak truth here it's a fact listen I, I'm not going to talk about them too much this week because I want to spend some t- more time with them but I will say I, I'll give you a very quick review of a, a product that I purchased this week and um this is the Anchor Soundcore Frames. Um, I got these uh, this week because I was looking for a replacement for my Bose frames. Unfortunately, it uh, came up. to an end. Yes, well, the leg fell off. And, you know, I'll be honest, <laughs> it's not easy to use sun- sunglasses when
3: a leg is missing. Can I just say, is it leg or is it arm? I'm pretty sure it's the arms. I thought it was a leg. I call it the leg. Mark?
2: I, 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 I don't know. He doesn't care. Yeah. Um,
1: but Email. Yeah, these are, yeah, do, do let us know. Uh, hashtag arm, hashtag leg. You decide, internet. Um, but yeah, really nice. I mean, the, I will say the build quality on these is excellent. Um, they come in three parts because you get the legs or arms and you. Uh, you click those into the frames. So you because you can actually change the frames at the front. You could have different styles if you want. You don't have to have the same style. So I chose the... Landmark Black, I think it's called. Uh, no buttons on these at all. You just put them on. They instantly turn on. Uh, you pair them up with your phone with Bluetooth. You can download the optional Anchor SoundCore app. I will tell you that it's the most inaccessible experience I've had in a while. Not much <gasps> fun with voiceover I at care. all. Not good. Not good at all. But you can, if you persevere with this, it, one of those apps, you know, you're going to have a lot of unlabeled buttons, which means we've no idea what they are and st- I have to be honest, even speech recognition was struggling to catch up and, and tell me what those buttons were. Um, but if you can persevere with it, that will get you through to the firmware update and just make sure it's all up to date and all the rest. But you don't really need to use the app. Certainly, I haven't found any use for it. There may be things in there that's usable, but I because it's not very accessible, I can't really get into it. Um, as for sound quality, compared to the Bose frames, not as good. But... Perfectly adequate for voice calls, for voiceover usage, for you know, using voiceover on the move. Maybe even listening to a podcast. It would be absolutely fine. Um but you know, for music, oh it's dreadful. I've almost wanted Hang to on. vomit.
3: Yeah, but who would use a pair of these glasses for music anyway? Even the Bose frames for music? No be- way. Be- They're all than, for vocal. Better than these. Yeah, which is still terrible. Right? Yeah, which is an idea. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, So there you go um, But I'll get into more of that next week uh, It is interesting to to hear these uh, I will see the build quality far better than the Bose Which is interesting So build quality good, sound not so great, app terrible There you go, that's your review um, Well done there we go. <laughs> Keep it simple here on Double Tap Canada uh, Coming up, you can live on a cruise ship But would you want to? We'll find out if Mark and Sean are going to join me on board
0: next This is Double Tap Canada We'll be back in a moment This is Double Tap Canada. Now, back to the show.
1: You know, I was going to ask Mark this week. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. Thank you, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been a really serious show this week, hasn't it? it has the, the music is not matching the style this I'm week spent. at all. I know, I'm going to have a lie down <laughs> after this. Uh, but I wanted to ask Mark about NFTs, uh, because I don't really understand this. I, and I know that you have a but a bit more of an understanding than I do. I hear lots of people talking about them. And one thing I really hate about society now is things move so quickly that you're expected just to know everything instantly about everything. So Mark, tell us about NFTs.
2: I no clue. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know You know, why, you know Sean, I and I talking, Sean and I were talking off air. And, and, and you know, I think that at the end of the day, uh, we have a basic understanding of what NFTs are. They're called non-fungible tokens. They are basically a piece, a digital asset of some kind, whether it's an image or something that you can categorically verify that you are the 100% owner of this digital asset, and it is done using blockchain technology. Um, So I could own a picture of Steven, I don't know, a character of Steven, um, and I can prove that I own that picture, and as a result – Great. There's an NFT. That's an NFT. Um, Owning things in games are considered NFTs, whether it's a skin in Minecraft, Um, they're considered NFTs. But when you can verify the ownership, that is what is supposed to give it some kind of value. Where I really don't understand the concept of NFTs is what gives the NFT some kind of intrinsic value. And I'll give you an example is that I was watching a video. There's a YouTube channel called What's Inside. And it's a father son combo, and they literally cut things in half and see what's inside. Oh yeah, I know that yeah. one. It's they're, cool. they're kind of fun, and they're kind of tech adjacent because they talk a lot of tech. and And the father was at CES, and he was uh, walking through CES, and and he he dropped this little nugget at the beginning of one of his his uh, his his videos, saying, "Oh, I just sold one of my Gary V NFTs for three hundred fifty thousand dollars that I only bought for thirty five thousand dollars." Now. I know Gary Vee is. He's an influential um, uh, marketing guy out of New York. His parents owned a wine company, and he started when the Internet was really, really young. He started a blog and started doing some videos online and became wealthy and became successful and started a marketing company. And he's uh, he's uh, very down to earth in terms of the way he speaks. He swears a lot. He seems very approachable and very kind of, you know, everyday person. Um, So he he seems relatable. Um, and he decided about six, seven months ago that he's going to launch a bunch of NFTs and literally took a pen and a marker and drew random images on a piece of paper. And like one's a monkey, one's a dog. My daughter draws better stuff than this. (laughs) And he started and he put them online and he sold them as NFTs. He sold them for Bitcoin or for for, uh, cryptocurrency and said, this one is going to be $30,000. And people bought them. And now they increased in value because they're unique and they could be proven that 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 one person owns it. But what on earth gave that or allowed Gary V to say this is worth thirty five thousand dollars? That's what I don't understand. Hmm. Is it because someone of influence created this? Yes. Is it because some but 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 that it still doesn't make sense to me. That no, It still though, isn't doesn't it? make sense to me. It doesn't. I understand the the origins of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin started when a bunch of teenagers had Bitcoin and they wanted to order a pizza. They had no cash on them. They called up the pizza place and said, "Hey, we have no cash. We'll give you a Bitcoin for a pizza." And that right there was what gave Bitcoin a actual today currency value. Literally, a pizza was worth twenty bucks. Bitcoin was then worth twenty bucks. That's what determined that a Bitcoin was worth whatever it was worth. What allows anybody to just create a drawing and say, pay pay five dollars for this, you know, blows my mind. Like I don't understand. I don't I don't understand what can give anything of of anything. Intrinsic value. What but I just gives don't get it, it its value?
3: Yeah, no, you're right. I will tell you what, I don't understand is what fungible is. It sounds like something to do with feet to me. Fungible. <laughs> what's that? What word is that? Is that just made up? Am I being thick?
2: Uh, it's uh, not made that's up. A very good think, question.
3: Yeah, I don't
1: know the answer to that
2: one. The, the word fungible. The definition of fungible. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's an adjective. It says of goods contracted for without an individual specimen being specified able to replace what? or be replaced by another identical item. This is non So non-fungible means non-replaceable.
3: Oh,
2: non-replaceable items. You cannot replace it with anything or interchange it with anything. It means it is, I guess, so non-fungible token extremely Does
1: unique. that mean does that mean I'm a non-fungible token? You are absolutely a non-fungible. Can I something. get $35,000, please?
2: No. Let's open the bidding for Stephen Scott. One, Stephen Scott. Everybody, we're going to be opening the bidding. It's going to be an online platform. We'll do this, and you will own a piece of Stephen Scott. We will start with his little pinky toe, yeah, because of the word "fungible," fortune, irreplaceable little pinky toe of Stephen Scott. We'll start the bidding at forty-five pence.
1: Do you know what? If I get all my body parts sold, I could buy an apartment on a cruise ship. Oh, you're good. This is so exciting. Uh, So apparently, the average price of a UK home at the minute is around 450000 Canadian dollars, right? So some people are saying, maybe what you want to do is get off dry land and try something else. Purchase a property that sails the seas. Well, let's be honest. If the sea levels are rising and all the countries are going to disappear underwater, then it might not be the worst idea. Um, So this is a a Florida-based company called Storylines that have uh, started working on this. Apparently, this huge ship, or they call it a yacht, but it's Oh, that's a ship, really, is being uh, built in Croatia and will launch in uh, 2024. There'll be 547 residences on board, up to four-bedroom apartments. And uh, the average cost, uh, or the lowest-priced apartment cost, is uh, around that $450,000 mark. Uh, we're talking 237 square feet. Is that a lot of square footage? No, that's I don't know that what that means. means. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like a seven,
2: Square feet—that's about the size of an average bedroom. Oh, really? Wow. Well, you can get, get a nice size
1: master bedroom. But it does. There is an all-inclusive offer as well, which requires a living fee charge, which will cover maintenance and food costs. That will set you back around—I'm um, not sure of the uh, Canadian cost here—but between sixty-five and two hundred thousand American dollars per year.
2: It's like your homeowner's association right. fee. Yeah, It's like when you own a condominium. You, know, you have to pay your maintenance and you have to pay right your yeah. snow removal. And- well, to be so- fair,
3: though, if you get those cruise ship style buffets in with that, I mean, <laughs> oh, you know.
2: The idea I- of eating anything from a buffet right now. Oh, yeah. He he's amazing. You know, you know there's a have pandemic going
1: on, right? Have you? <laughs> he's, he's Sean, Sean is the pandemic. Um, <laughs> but no, there's, there's also a 24-hour, uh, a 24-7 home delivery service where you can eat also 20 bars and restaurants. There's entertainment. There's a cinema, and micro You know what? I
2: have the, hang on, hang on, hang on. Most important question here. Yes. The most important, important question here. I yes. don't have time for this. I know you're coming. I know you're going here. Do you? I, I, I imagine it's going to have the word Wi Fi in it. No, no, no. Forget about <laughs> Wi Fi because that could be taken. No, no, no. This is a really important question. Which Amazon storefront do you order from? Oh, that's oh. a difficult one, isn't it? Because it depends where you are. Yeah.
1: Do you get next day delivery? And how, well, I'd certainly hope so. By that point, you would what get the What if today you're in
2: Europe and tomorrow you're in, like, well, I mean, what if you're in Spain and then tomorrow, this is confusing. Like, which storefront do you order from? How does it know?
1: I have to, I'm still on the Wi-Fi question if I'm brutally honest I, because I, it costs so much money to be online at sea and it's terrible because the no, problem is more. as the ship oh, come bobs
2: about, it is awful. Starlink. I hate to bring this show all the way back to the beginning, but no. Elon Musk has a really good <laughs> service called Starlink. <laughs>
1: He can solve this fight. But how much will that cost, let's of uh, my I, I don't know, half a million I think I seem to be paying for this This thing? is a
3: super rich thing, a isn't month? it? So you can live on a cruise ship. I mean, technically, you can live on a cruise ship anyway. Can't you just have a long holiday?
2: What if you go out for you? dinner yes. too late and you miss, your, you miss the sailing of your home? I'm going to go home now. Oh, let's stay up for another drink. No problem. Oh, crap. My house is in Spain today. Oh, I can
3: say, my I love house. the idea of a cruise. I think cruise is from a, a blind angle, right? Because since myself and my partner lost sight going on a, a standard package holiday eh, it's a bit tricky yeah i think a cruise ship i mean it's perfect because you can learn the layout right in the first day you learn the layout where everything is and you don't have to leave the ship i you know, i don't care where it stops to see the wonders of the world i'm not getting not off interested. i do not care i just want to sit on the side of the pool and go to the restaurant that is it i really like the idea of a cruise it's something i haven't done yet
1: yeah, well we should definitely we should definitely do it. We'll have a double tap cruise. How cool Woo! would that be? Uh yeah. Um well we'll, we'll ask Mr. <laughs> F what he thinks of that idea for next year. Uh listen, that's it for us. Thank you so much. We're back again of course next week and uh oh, that's of course we're not cancelled. Uh, bring it back to the beginning again. Yeah, you never know. Who knows these days?
0: Oh, too serious. <sighs> I
1: like A little didn't like up for us. Uh, anyway, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Sean. We'll be back next week. Keep in touch. Here's how.
0: Thanks for listening and keep your feedback coming. Call one 971 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week. Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time.
2: The opinions expressed in the preceding show are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect those of AMI. <laughs> <laughs>